Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to Midwest Mamas, just some friends talking about our messy lives and having fun. I'm Alexa. I'm Melissa. All right, everyone. Welcome, welcome, and happy February. We don't know where you are, but here in Indiana, the wind is howling. It's like a tornado constantly outside our doors, but it's not. It's just Indiana. Living the dream. But today we are so excited because we have a special guest with us, my wonderful, wonderful friend Heidi. Say hi, Heidi. Hi. Woohoo! And so Heidi and I met in El Salvador. We went through our church, Grace Church. We went yep. to El Salvador to work with an orphanage. Um, yep. And we'll talk more about that later. And so. Heidi, will you just give our listeners just a little overview of your family and just a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So, like Melissa said, my name is Heidi. Um, I am married to my husband, Andrew. We've been married for uh, 12 and a half years, almost 13. That's Um, a long time. Yeah, but we've known each other since kindergarten. Oh, my gosh. I think one of you had something similar. Yes, I've known my husband since preschool. Yeah, so you have Holy a speech. It's insane. It's insane. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we have two biological kids, uh, Jax and Jossie, and they are in third grade and first grade. And we are actually foster parents. So when I say we have two kids, I feel like that's never the right answer because <laughs> it's ever-changing. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So right now under our roof, we have four kids. Um but that'll change again this week. So, yeah. You just never... always two, always two at least. Always two, and um, you live in Noblesville. And what did yes. you do before you had kids? So I was a high school resource teacher. Ah. Yeah, and I and worked mostly like... with freshmen. So okay, did you like that? Yeah, I loved it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, thank. I like high school kids. You do. I do. Uh, I don't think I I could do elementary. Bless your society. I I think bless you. But yeah, I'd like to go back and work with high school again. Yeah. Someday. With resource again? Yeah, I think so. It's a special calling. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But there's always so many wonderful people out there that have that in them that can just help those and need and it's wonderful um so you are in charge of care communities so can you tell our listeners about like what that is what your role is and what you do and why you chose to be a part of that yeah so care communities is a ministry at our church um, and it's a support for foster families and it's actually it's not just at our church it's at Mm -hmm. a lot of churches in indiana now um i think one of our churches was one of the one of the first ones in indiana um And so it's a support for foster families. And what it is, is we get volunteers that want to support foster families in very practical ways, uh, like taking meals once a month or spending a couple hours with uh, the kiddos a couple times a month. Um, And so it just provides that little extra support so that foster families um, feel encouraged and keep doing it. Uh, They lose a lot of foster families every year just because it's just super hard and there's lots of challenges 
Um, and it can be very isolating. Um, and so this enables families just to keep fostering longer. Mm. Um, yeah. So the statistic is mm. that actually 50% of foster families quit either after the first year or the first placement. Oh. Wow. So, yeah. And where they started um, implementing care communities, they saw that statistic go from 50% um, of families only continuing on to up to 90% of family families actually wow. continuing. Yeah. That's crazy. I know it. And I, ju- I just saw on the news today that there's over 30,000 children um, in foster homes in Indiana currently. Yeah. Yes. Which is crazy. Yes. The number is just rising every day. Um, mm-hmm. We, when we went on the open homes list this time, we got three calls within three days. Wow. So, yeah. It's, yeah. And so what, what is your role with the care communities? So basically I run care communities at our church, Grace Church. And so I do some of the orientations where I, train our volunteers on what it is and so they can become knowledgeable on it and decide if that's what they want to do. And then once they attend that orientation, then I go and match them with the foster family. So, yeah. And so if someone listening, because I feel like someone said this, obviously someone said it, not me. Someone, I don't know if it's like through care community or, or somewhere like just like you may not be called to foster, but everyone can help. Yes. There's, what is that? What's that so quote? So we kind of follow the um, quote from Jason Johnson, which he has an awesome blog. Um, you guys should interview him. He's pretty cool. Okay. Uh, but um, <laughs> he says everyone um, isn't called to foster and adopt, but everyone can do something. Mm-hmm. Um, so he wants you to find like your gifts and your talents and use that to support these families in your own unique, unique way. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe you love to cook and you could support them with your incredible cooking skills or maybe you just like hanging out with kids and you can do that um, or maybe you have like your own business um, and you can use that in some way to help support these families so okay. yeah and so if someone wanted to get involved or like find out more about care communities what would be their next steps well, you can, so Hands of Hope, which is a ministry um, in Indiana, it's an adoption and orphan care ministry, and that's who Melissa and I went to El Salvador with. So they are the ones training up these churches in Indiana. Um, they've taken the care community model um, that was actually started with an organization in Georgia. And so they're basically letting us use that here in Indiana. So you can go to the Hands of Hope website and find out more. Um, if you want to start it at your church, you can start it at your church and Hands of Hope will come and train you on how to do that. Um, if you go to Grace and you want to get involved, you can contact me, um, just emailing me or reaching out to me by Facebook or whatever, and I can get you all the information that you need. So, yeah. That's cool. And how long would someone, like, how long do you ask people to commit like if they're like oh I think I want to do it like what would you say is the time commitment involved so we ask people to commit to a year because the average placement for a foster kiddo is a year so um, 
um, when you're supporting a family, you're supporting them through that placement. Some placements don't last that long. Some only last a few months and some actually last, can last two and three years. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah. So we ask that you <clears throat> commit to just at least a year. And then okay. at that time, if you want to continue on, if the family still has the kiddo, you can, or if you want to take a break, you can do that too. Okay. Cool. Very yeah. cool. So what made you and your husband decide to foster? That is a good question. I think when we got married, I always felt like I wanted like a calling just to adopt. Um, I wouldn't say he necessarily felt that. Um, but once he went on a mission trip, that kind of all changed. Yeah. So when I talked to couples and they're like, you know, I really want to adopt, but my husband doesn't. I always say, send him on a mission trip and like, that'll change everything. Yeah. Um, because that's what happened for him. So he came home and he was like, yeah, let's do it. So, you know, we wanted to try having biological kids first, which we did. Um, and then we started looking into adoption. Um, once our kids were about three and five, I think, were their ages. And then we went to El Salvador one year. I don't know how many trips we had been previously, but we just went one year and we just felt like there was more we wanted to do there. So we wanted to look into adopting from El Salvador. Okay. But internationally, adopting from El Salvador is pretty much impossible. Yeah. Um, but when you tell me something's impossible, like I kind of will keep trying and trying and trying mm -hmm. until the door is completely shut in my face. So I looked at all of our options, um, called agencies and just did what I could to make it not impossible and quickly found out that it wasn't possible. So I was like, <laughs> okay, this door is shut in my face. Um, and they gave me other countries that they suggested we adopted from, but I just didn't feel like that was a good fit for us at the time. Yeah. And so honestly, foster care kit, someone kept bringing it to my mind, like everywhere I looked, like, you know, when you drive around, there's signs for foster care everywhere. Mm -hmm. Or when you're listening to the radio, they're talking about foster care all the time. And I just felt like it was like haunting me everywhere I went. So I thought, okay, I'm just going to pray about this. And I just told God, I was like, if this is something you want us to do, you need to make it so obvious that like, I cannot miss that this is what you want us to do. And so I wasn't prepared that when you pray that, that that's, you know, what he's going to do. So, yeah. So I prayed that and that's what happened. And, um, so we just took a first step. Like we went to, um, one of the trainings for foster care for becoming licensed. Okay. Um, and then it just kind of took off from there. Um, and we kind of drug our feet. Like it took us a little <laughs> while to get licensed longer than probably what it usually takes couples. Um, but the timing all worked out perfectly. And then the day we got licensed, we got our first placement. So. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Which just shows the need. <laughs> like. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Definitely. And people think, I mean, this is, I thought if you wanted to be a foster parent, you had to foster older kids, which is why I never thought we would, we would do that at least until our kids were older. Yeah. Um, but I quickly found out that there's a need for fostering younger kids, which I did not realize. 
-hmm. going into it. And so when we started our classes, I said, you know, our kids are, I think they were closer to like four and six at the time. Um, I said, our kids are younger and we kind of want to stay younger than our youngest. Um, is there a need for that? And they said, oh yeah, you'll have no problem. So we, our first placement was a two-year-old. So yeah. And so you got to, I don't want to say like pick and choose, but like you got to like give your preferences on yes children you could foster yep you can give your preferences um age gender pretty much whatever it doesn't mean they won't call you because we did get called for kids that weren't in our age range okay um but you can definitely you can say yes or you can say no depending on what you think would work for your family yeah Uh, yeah Hmm. very interesting and so are you like these kids that you're fostering, like, was there ever an opportunity, like, were you guys in the position then if like they could become adopted? Like, is that something you guys were wanting or were you just wanting to foster or? I think when we started the process and we started to foster, our goal was really to build a relationship with the bio parents. Um, just cause I had always wanted to adopt, but I always struggled with wanting to adopt a newborn because I just felt like if that, if that bio parent could have had the support, then maybe they could have been able to parent their own child. Yeah. Uh, So I felt Mm -hmm. like with fostering, you were kind of able to do that. You were able to keep a kiddo with their biological family while supporting them at the same time. Um, And I do think that that's still possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it's really hard to do um, just just to make it all work I think just the bio family letting you in and building that relationship um, takes a lot of time um, yeah. and it's just hard because you're kind of perceived as the bad guy a lot um, and they build you know the bio parents build up those walls so you just have to work really hard um, to support them. So when we got into it, we really wanted to support the bio parents. Um, mm-hmm. But all that to say, once we had our first placement, we had her for over a year. And if she had become adoptable, we totally would have adopted her. Um, yeah. But she was reunified. Um, but it's hard to parent a kiddo for longer than a year and not think about them being yours forever. Yeah. So, but well, yeah, you're building those relationships. And yeah. And- yeah. A year is a long time. Yes, it is a long time. You celebrate every holiday together. You celebrate a birthday with them. Um, so you're just, you know, it, they become a part of your family. So it's hard to not think about them being a part mm-hmm. of your family for the long run. Yeah. But so, yeah, we definitely want to support, you know, kids getting back with their parents if if that works out. So yeah. And so you had one girl for a year. Yes. And then can you just talk more about that and just your foster experience in general, like as being foster parents, like what that, you know, like what was a typical week? Well, with her, she had four visits a week uh, with her biological mom and Sometimes you have what's called um, a transporter, which will come and pick the kiddo up and take them to visits and bring them home. 
Um, and we did have that, but she didn't do that for all the visits. So the visits were, so we live in Noblesville and her visits were in Broad Ripple. So half the time I would be driving her to Broad Ripple. So I'd drive her there, come back home, do something for maybe an hour or two, and then have to go back and pick her up and then come back home. So it was like a 30 minute drive. So I was driving yeah. a couple hours in a day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was just a few times a week. Uh, and then the transporter would help the other times a week. Uh, so we did that. Um, you have appointments with your um, CASA or GAL, depending on what your kiddo has. And they usually come and visit the kid once a month. And then the FCM uh, comes and visits the kiddo once a month as well. And you also have team meetings, which I don't, I don't know if those are supposed to occur once a month. Um, but we would have those. And then you have court, which is sometimes it's once a month and sometimes it's every few months. It kind of depends on a case by case basis. So. So you had a lot. (laughs) That was our our schedule with her. Um, And yeah, so it's kind of, it's kind of busy. It's kind of, kind of hectic at times. Well, I feel like people on the outside don't know, like, you know, you're that busy. Like, I feel like, I mean, me, I didn't know that you had that many other commitments. And yeah. so that is, a, I mean, that is a really busy schedule. Yes. Yeah. And that was just, you know, that was just with her. She, a lot of kids have therapies or other things that they need, um, which mm-hmm. that did happen with our second placement. Um, but with her, she, she was our easy one, I feel like, because she didn't need those therapies. We would, we took mm-hmm. her to the dentist and the doctor, but she was, you know, up you know to date on all of her vaccines and she didn't have cavities so we didn't have to go to all those extra appointments so she Mm. was like our easy one I feel like yeah yeah my and so then how many other kiddos have you fostered so we had a placement after she went home a few months after she went home we took a placement of siblings two sisters and they were they were a little bit older so we were saying yes to something we weren't so sure about. Um, mm-hmm. but we thought we'd give it a try. Um, and then we had them for three months. And after they were reunified, we took a long, long break. Um, but during that break, we did respite, which is where you provide a break for foster parents. Mm-hmm. So some people don't really understand what that is. But yeah. what it is, is so foster parents, um, if they want to go on vacation or go out of state, or do anything like that, they have to get permission for the foster kids first. They have Mm -hmm. to get permission either from the bio parents, or if they don't get it from bio parents, they have to go to court and get permission. Um, And if they don't get permission, then they can't take them with them. So they need what's called Mm -hmm. respite care. Or they might need respite care if they just need a break. Um, And a lot of times, um, your agency wants you to have other licensed foster parents to watch them overnight. Um, so we did respite for lots of kiddos, um, during that break. I don't even, I don't know how many, but every time I talk to you, yeah, (laughs) someone, (laughs) yeah, I probably did, but it was, it was so nice because you just get that honeymoon stage over and over again. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. so you get like them on their best behavior. It's like, it's kind of like when grandparents watch the kids and they only get to do the fun things with them and then send them away. I felt like we got to be those like fun aunt and uncles for just like long weekends or a week or something. 
Um, and it was fun because we got to try all different kinds of ages of kids. So yeah. I really liked doing that. Um, and do you, and you have one now? Yeah. So we're doing a respite right now. So we got a placement just a couple weeks ago. Um, we opened up our home just a few weeks ago on a Friday. And then that following Tuesday, we got a call for the little girl we have now and she's two. And then we're doing respite right now for a four-year-old just for a few days. So, yeah. And how's that going? <laughs> it's going pretty good. Yeah. Uh, We've never had a four-year-old before. I think that's one age we haven't had before. So I was anxious to try that one out. So, and she's been fun. She's super talkative. Oh, yeah. But we have, so we have our bio son and our bio daughter and then two extra girls. So we have three girls in the house. So it is a lot of sassy, mm. a <laughs> lot of drama. <laughs> so that's funny. So yeah. how, how do your two like biological children how do they handle having other kids in your house they're actually pretty amazing um I will say that they love the younger ages so the two-year-old that we have we and we've had her for two weeks I will say has been the easiest transition ever um Mm -hmm. it's kind of like she's always been with us really Uh, yeah yeah our kids just you know, they just interact with her and play with her. Um, my son, who's nine, is just really, really good with her. Uh, and they were they were the same way when we had the two-year-old a few years ago. But it was different because it was our first placement and my daughter was a little bit younger. Yeah. So she was getting booted from being the baby to no longer being the baby. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say it was definitely harder for her then. Um, and they were, so they were closer in age. So they were only like a few years apart in age at that time. Whereas now she and our two-year-old are four years apart in age. And so I feel like that's a good age gap for her to still feel like she's our baby, but you know, she still loves being big sister to the two-year-old at the same time. So, but they, I mean, they've done amazing. Um, we had a, a little bit of a, rough patch when we had the two older girls um but every time every time we say goodbye to kiddos they always are the first ones to say when are we getting another foster kid when are we getting another one and I'm always like slow down Um, kiddos mama needs a break that's sweet though yes so even after our first one went home I think it was only like a few days later that they're they're like so when are we doing this again and I was like Oh, guys, I don't know. I need a, an emotional break from that yeah. one. That one was really hard to say goodbye. Um, but they were just ready to get back into it. Um, and, yeah, they, they've they been amazing. So, Well, and I, I think that's amazing, I, you and Andrew, like, teaching that to your children, like, that you mm-hmm. take in people who need care. Like, just what an amazing thing, like, that they're living out and that they can tell their friends, like, oh, yeah, we're, like, you know, like, I just think yes. that is really awesome like that you're living out that loving your community and daily you know and that installing that in your children yeah yeah I hope so it's it's been good for them in a lot of aspects like right now with the four-year-old Josie is having to share a room with her and share a lot of her toys with her Um, (laughs) so I don't want to be like oh it's all wonderful and great and right but so it's been a challenge for her this weekend to have to share everything um, mm-hmm. yes, for sure. But 
<laughs> she's still like she's still doing great and I feel like it's teaching her to not be you know so selfish and even though she is I feel like she is the most sh- most sharing girl that you could meet but yeah um, you know still still teaching her um and just other things like going and seeing where these kiddos live in their homes um and just the environment around that and our kids being like why is their house so small or why is it so dirty and you can tell them like no babe like not everyone has big houses like we do in our you know in our big mm-hmm. suburban neighborhoods right um, and it's just really good for them to see that yeah to know that's that's not how everyone lives and it doesn't right. mean that um that it's dirty it just means that it's smaller and not built in the last few years so mm-hmm. yeah it's good for them to see those things yeah mm-hmm. and so what thinking through all your fostering experience like what would you say has been the most challenging through it all oh probably just the adjustment period mm-hmm. i feel like each placement has different challenges um, just depending on the ages of the kids and, uh, just things that they've gone through. But I definitely will say with all of them, just that adjustment period, like for me, I would say getting a two-year-old again was probably the most challenging for me. Um, just cause my youngest is six now. Yeah. And even though I've done respite for two-year-olds, I've only had them for a few days or a week at a time. And you know, she's been with us almost two weeks now and she's not going anywhere. And so, (laughs) you know, I'm having to learn how to shower again with a two-year-old and that's Mm -hmm. hard. Yeah. Mm -hmm, Girl. And that two-year-old attitude, Mm. that's hard to get used to again, too. I told her today that she had to stop being two because she was being so sassy and having such a (laughs) toot, but that's funny. (laughs) So I would just say that adjustment period. Yeah. Um, Because I feel like at the beginning, it's a honeymoon. It's all fun. And then, you know, everyone starts getting to learn more about each other and comfortable with each other. And mm-hmm. then you start seeing the real kid. And then you're like, mm-hmm. ooh. So. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> yes, pretty much. <laughs> yes. And so what's the most rewarding part for you guys being foster parents? Um, I would say, honestly, just seeing how our kids deal with things and how it's kind of changed them. Yeah. Uh, just changed their view of how other kiddos live. And um, it hasn't made them perfect by any means. Like right. they're still, you know, they still have those selfish, you know, by nature um, little ways, but, um, and you know, when you feed them and they're not grateful for the, food you give them or the toys they get you know they still have those same struggles that all the other um but yet they can they have those things you know right in their faces and they can see that um and just kind of changing their perspective on that a little bit I think that's probably been the most rewarding um just to see how it's changed them yeah okay so what advice would you give people who are interested in fostering? I would probably just say, I think a lot of people think that they can't do it. And that's that's what I hear a lot when we tell people we're foster parents. They say, oh, I can never do that. 
Um, and I don't know if they say that because they really think they couldn't or they really want to and they just don't think they could. Yeah. Because they know some people mm-hmm. just don't want to. And that's totally fine if you don't want to. Um, but if you aren't doing it because you really think you can't, um, then that's not true because we don't have any like special superpowers. Um, it's not like, it's not like it's hard, not hard for us to say goodbye. Um, yeah. because it, it, like it, yeah, that, that was probably one of the hardest things ever was to say goodbye to our first foster daughter that we had for over a year. Um, yeah. and and well, that, do you ever keep in contact with them ever? So we did for a while. We did. Um, her mom and I had built a good relationship and we did for a long time. Um, and then she just kind of stopped communicating all of a sudden. So, mm. um, so I thought we had built a good relationship. Um, I don't know if it was just too hard for her, um, yeah. just to continue on with that. And I just, mm-hmm. my husband just tells me you have to put herself in her shoes. And so... So I just really tried to do that um, so that I wasn't offended and hurt by it. Yeah. Um, And that, that does help because she, you know, when you have a a child that's built a bond with another person and calls them mommy, I can't imagine how hard that would be um, when I think about doing that with my own kids, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And then our second placement um, those kiddos were four and 10 and the 10 year old FaceTimes me all the time. So Aww. we still, so, uh, so it's fun just to hear updates on her and just to be just more of that mentor, um, mm-hmm. role in her life than being that motherhood role in her life. That definitely works out better for us anyways. So I'm glad that we can do that. So. Mm-hmm. yeah but yeah I would just say for someone thinking about it like talk to other foster parents get together with them um yeah go take them a meal um and ask them if you can come over and and have dinner with them and ask them questions because I'm sure they'd love to answer them I know I would mm-hmm. um I and who doesn't love free food yeah any foster <laughs> family will take any food that you have to offer um so yeah, just connect with some other people, ask questions, go to a class, find out more, and just know, like, even though you think you couldn't do it, like, you can do it, so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this question came from Amanda, my sister-in-law, and so she wanted to know, like, do you, and I think you've kind of already touched base on this a little, like, so would you recommend fostering kids younger than your own kids or like how, like since you, and you kind of said you did some respite care for all over ages, but like what, yeah, what would you say to that? Like if she has, I'm trying to think, which I should know this because these are my nieces and nephews. So there's a <laughs> kindergartner and yeah. third grade, fifth grade. And so... Yeah. What do you say to someone, like, trying to decide, like, the ages? Well, I definitely think those are great ages to start fostering. Um, Even though you feel like your kids are still young, it's still a really, really good ages for them. I feel like even now with my kids being first and third grade from where we were two years ago, like I said, this placement we got has just been such an easy transition, and I think it's because they're just a little bit older. Mm -hmm. Um, but I also think it just depends on your kids. Um, and you just, you just never know. I, 
So it's hard for me to answer that question because yeah, our firstborn, he's not like a typical firstborn. He's, he's kind of just crazy, like friendly, outgoing. Um, I don't know. He's not, he's not your typical firstborn. So I thought having a kiddo older than him wouldn't be, wouldn't be that big of a deal for him, but yeah. it ended up being a bigger deal than I had anticipated. Um, and I don't know if it was just the personality of that kiddo or I don't, I don't know. So what I thought would work out. Okay. Didn't work as well as I had hoped. So I just realized, you know, we'll stick with younger than our youngest from now on. Um, okay. So I don't know. I would, I would say start out with younger. Someone mm. always gave me the great advice. Cause I, when I told her, I said, I thought you had only older kids needed fostering. She's like, Oh no, younger. And I said, well, what age would you recommend? And she said, I would recommend fostering kids that you, the age that you've already parented. So I parented oh. a zero to nine year old. Um, so start with that age range and see, you know, since you know how to parent a zero to nine year old, then yeah. bringing a foster kiddo, you kind of know what's normal and what's not normal. And it's just kind of easier to, to navigate. Um, so that's the advice that I was sense. given. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's yeah. nice. To think about it. But, but we still, I still feel like we'll probably stick with younger. Um, just cause it's a better fit for our kiddos for right now anyways. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you for sharing all that and just by your personal life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so I I hope, what did you say? I hope it wasn't. I hope it was helpful for someone. No, I feel like it was very helpful. And very, very helpful. I feel like, yeah, people don't realize just the need, you know, one, the need of foster kids and then, but two, then also just oh, all that goes into it you know like I remember yeah. talking to you Heidi and you're like well I have to take her to this meeting and then we go here you know like and I can see how like for people it might be like oh man I don't think I could do that but it is doable and yes yes I think yeah. you just have to find your limits like that was the hardest thing for me with taking the two girls last summer like I thought oh I can do this this is fine um but it really pushed me past my limits and that that was okay like I felt like God was teaching me like um, it's okay to fail at this. Cause I, I literally felt like I was failing at that. Um, like I was failing at being a bio parent. I was failing at being a foster parent. Um, and I felt like he was teaching me, you know what you, you only fail if you didn't learn something. And I learned a ton. And I also learned most importantly, like we're going to stick with one at a time for now. And we're going to stick with younger than our youngest. So, um, mm -hmm. it was, it was a huge, learning lesson. So I'm glad we did it. So that's when people are like, I want to foster an older one, but I'm not sure. Like take the plunge and do it and see how it goes. And then you'll find out quickly whether, you know, it's a good fit for your family or not. So yeah. I feel like there's only one way to find out, but mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Well, thinking about, I mean, I know it's really, really cold outside, but thinking ahead to summer, do you have any plans with your family for the summer? Any fun vacation things or anything? I don't know what we're going to do. We spring always... break? Anything for spring break? <laughs> That's <laughs> funny. We're doing respite. Does that count? <laughs> You're so good, Heidi. <laughs> you are. Uh, well, our kids get two weeks. So yeah. 
respite the second week. Okay. Um, we usually um, don't go anywhere for spring break, like far. We usually just go and stay at a hotel for a few days so our kids can swim. And oh, they love good. staying in a hotel. They think that's so fun. Yeah. So, so yeah. Good, yeah. So our, our spring break is usually pretty low-key, which I enjoy. But Yeah. So, yeah. And right. since we have an extra kiddo this year, we'll see how that goes. So. Um, well, and you are going to El Sal. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm going to El Salvador. Woo-hoo. Maybe we'll be roomies again. I hope so. <laughs> I don't want to go with a stranger. <laughs> <laughs> have you read any good books lately that you love that's funny um so I like to buy books and then never read them so (laughs) I'm really really bad at that um so I just recently bought the book called love lives here by Maria Goff it's Bob Ah. Goff's wife oh and I started it and it's really good okay but I'm not too far into it. So. But you started so, it. I started it. We'll see if I finish it. Um, Funny. But maybe this will hold me accountable to that. Right. Uh, yes. Yeah. I'm going to ask you in a week. You <laughs> Have back. you finished the book? You really should. <laughs> really, really should. I'm I'm just so bad at, at reading. Like, I am just, I'm more of a TV junkie, like, at nighttime, mm-hmm. I just turn the TV mm-hmm. on, and even if even if there's nothing on that I want to watch, like I will just turn on a Friends and watch that. So yeah, what are you yeah. watching? Anything fun these days? Like, what do you like to watch? Um, so I watch This Is Us. Mm-hmm. I watch um, oh, what's that show that comes on after This Is Us? Amsterdam. I really like that show. Have I haven't seen, seen that one yet. It's really good. I like it. Okay. And then I'm still watching Grey's Anatomy. Every season I say I'm not going to watch it again. Yeah, girl. Mm-hmm. And then I still do. So. Yep. And Meredith. My husband and I are watching. We have a hard time finding shows we like. We both like. But the show we both like right now. Well, sort of. Kind of like. Is 90 Day Fiance. Have you seen that one? I've heard of it. I've oh. not seen it. But you both like that. I'm surprised yeah. he likes that. He, the more we watch it, the more he's not enjoying it as much. But we're <laughs> almost, we're almost done with it. So if he could That's just stick funny. it out. Um, That's funny. And he'll watch This Is Us with me too. But Yeah. But yeah. That's a good one. Do you watch The Bachelor? I don't watch The Bachelor. Oh, I Heidi. I know. Gosh. I used to. I don't know when I stopped watching it. But yeah. I did. I really, I prefer the seasons when, with a bachelorette. I, I like those okay. better. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. the guys are so much more entertaining than the girls. Yeah. I feel like. Mm-hmm. The girls are just catty and dramatic. dramatic. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which, I feel like 90 Day Fiance is like just as much like junk reality TV. So I don't know why I'm not watching The Bachelor because it's, it's really just as bad. But, <laughs> but Yeah. Well, so in all your busyness and messiness of life, Heidi, what do you do to take care of yourself? Like, what's something you do every week, like, to just self-care and take care of you? Hmm. That's a good question. Thank you. I feel like this week I 
someone offered to bring me a meal and I said yes, which Melissa mm-hmm. knows that I'm not very good at that because I know. Mm-hmm. she brought me a meal a few weeks ago and I tried so badly to tell her I didn't need it. And she, <laughs> she would not let me say no, which I'm so <laughs> glad because she knows our, our refrigerator ended up breaking yes. that week. Oh, it just worked out perfectly mm. for her to bring me a meal. Um, <laughs> But so a friend offered to bring a meal to us this week and I, without even hesitating, just said yes. So I feel like that is how, I don't know, that's how I do self-care. Like I accept help because that's That's not easy for me or ask for it if I need it. So, Mm -hmm. which I feel like a lot of people like having a hard time asking for help or accepting it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know why it's so hard, but it mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially yeah. when you, like, have so many people around you that are willing to help you. Right. And they're probably mm-hmm. just waiting for you um, to ask. But, yeah. We need to be better at that, I think. Well, I'll be in contact soon, Heidi, and I'll bring you another one. Because <laughs> 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 now you can't say no. It's live and on the podcast. <laughs> That's <No>. right. <laughs> Which is silly. Like, who doesn't want a free meal? I know. Um, <laughs> if anyone's listening, I'll take a meal. <laughs> That's right. Anyone. Yeah. Yes. Yep. I remember when, after we had our kids, like, people, like, usually bring a lot of meals. And that was amazing. Like, when people, oh, like, brought so you meals, nice. like, coming home from the hospital. And I was like, can this continue for the, the first three years of their life? Because that would <laughs> yeah. be great. Yes. <laughs> and it always tastes so much better. Like, yes. oh, yeah. Why is that? Yeah. I don't know. Always. Always. Because I, people have brought me meals and then I get the recipe and then I make it and it's just not as good. Not as, never. I know. Truth. And I'm always like, what did you put in it? Like you had to put a secret ingredient in it. Yeah. Nope. It's just because you made it yourself. (laughs) Made with love. Yep. That's That's right. (laughs) Well, Heidi, thank you so much for taking your evening, and I'm sure you're exhausted with all your little ones, so we really, really appreciate it, and I am sure that there's going to be people out there that this will inspire them, and just, if anything, give them awareness to just the need in the community, and no matter where they're living. You know, I know there's foster kids everywhere, so the need is big, and sharing about care communities, and if anyone has more questions about that or wants to learn more as Heidi said you can go to the hands of hope website Heidi what is that hands of hope I think it's hands of hope in.org okay hands of hope in.org and we'll link if I'm not right you can you can fix it for me I'll do it. <laughs> well and I should know because I just had to sign up for the trip and so I think you're right that it is in.org but we will link your profile so that people can send you a message if they have more questions. And um, we're just so grateful for you, Heidi. So thank you for all the work you're doing. Those kids are very, very lucky to have you and Andrew supporting them. Well, thank you for having me. This was fun. Yes. Thanks for sharing your story with us. Yeah. And stay warm in this weather. Yes. Crazy Indiana weather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, everyone. Well, thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe below and share this on your social media. Have a great week. Bye. Bye.